just in the nick of time, boys. Uh, welcome to <laughs> League Teams once again. Before I introduce you two bozos, Brenton Sanderson, welcome. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. Well, we can kick straight off into what I would like to see this weekend. Apart from your good self right here, I hope Paul Ruse, after 10 hours of working on this show, <laughs> can really recover on his holiday because he must be just spent. I hope he comes through with the goods. But welcome to the show anyway. No, thanks Thank for you. having me, guys. I'm looking forward to the next hour. What are you? That's what he's looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to? Oh, well, not because I'm a Hawk person, but I'm looking forward to a back-to-back win. The Hawks. That'd Everyone's nice. put them down. Can't make the finals. Cargo hit at the airport. Everyone's talking finals. We're not talking about that. We just need back-to-back wins. I'm looking forward to seeing if West Coast can handle a four-and-a-half-hour flight to the Gold Coast. They haven't been able to handle three-and-a-half to Melbourne. So whether or not they can go to the Gold Coast and get the job done over them, and I'm not sure whether you think they can. We'll get the trench shovels out later and dig right into that okay. one. I want to start straight off. Um, young for solos have run into a bit of strife. Um, how does a player bring that to the surface? Does he actually put the hand up and say, guys, I'm struggling here, or does the, does the medical fraternity, he's out now with, um, with depression, does the medical fraternity look at him and say, you've got some issues, come and chat to us, and then they inform you? How does somebody at a club level find out they've got depression? Because from the outside... We look at him and think, he's a happy sort of fella. He loves yeah. his footy. Yeah, it's a, it's a really challenging one and it's it's not unique to AFL footballers, uh, young AFL footballers. We're, we're seeing a lot in the community as well. And to Alex's credit, I think, you know, for the, for the courage to come out and openly talk about it and, you know, we saw with Buddy Franklin last year, you know, missing the finals campaign with the Sydney Swans and um, as a club we were notified of, of it yesterday and... Um, uh, from what we were told, you know, um, Alex has been has been struggling uh, mentally for for you know a, a short period of time, um, and uh, a conversation with the doctor after the game last weekend, uh, it was important that Alex needed to just step away from from footy, from everything related to footy, uh, hopefully for a short period of time. And in his own words, he thinks it'll he would just be like a short break. But um, as I said, the industry's been great. I think the last 24 hours we've seen a really mature approach from mm. from the industry in this and and hopefully encourages more young men to come and openly talk about uh, some of the mental demons they're facing. Could I only assume, Sando, um, the height of uh, AFL footy now and the pressure, but when you have something off the field that you're dealing with and then that um, focus on a weekend, if you're not playing well, um, obviously that escalates. So credit to him um, because I did a bit of work with him last year. He's a good kid, free spirit, needs the head clear. So. I wish him all the best, but the challenges right now on these young men is pretty high. Yeah, the expectations now, and we see now um, how much the players are very much in the spotlight, and and that's okay because a lot of them crave that. You know, you wouldn't enter the industry or you wouldn't play AFL football unless, you know, you dreamt of kicking a goal at the MCG in a grand final. Mm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of other things that go with becoming a professional athlete and and, and being a successful AFL footballer. And um, Unfortunately, now the feedback's very direct and, and we're seeing through social media platforms now uh, that players are very much under the spotlight and um, at sometimes you just can't quite handle everything that goes with your football uh, career, but it's, it's, it's the stuff away from football too that we've got to be um, uh, you know, notified of, I guess, and that it's not just you see the players play for those three hours every Saturday. There's a lot of other stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So like we said, um, 
we wish him all the best. You know, I hope he gets well soon. Uh, but it, it just hopefully is the little trigger that allows a lot of young, a lot of young men, you know, throughout Australia, just in football, outside of football, to to come forward and see their GP and have a club level, mm, have a mature be, discussion about it. I won't say covered up, but at club level, I mean, you say it's got nothing to do with playing in the AFL, although the pressures are there. Mm. But young men, are, you, they're, they're their own beasts, and yeah. it can happen to somebody who's playing out of suburban as well. So it's not unique just to AFL football. So. Well, I think, I think what's important, our, our generation when we played, it was a sign of weakness. And mm. we've, we've moved a long way past that now. Mm. Um, this, is, this, is a, this is an illness that needs attention and, um, and I'm sure this is going to be, hopefully, or I'm sure this will be an opportunity for a lot of young men who just feel like they just can't quite get over, uh, you know, um, a mental health challenge that they can go and see their GP and have and have a mature discussion. About is that it. the change then? Is that the skill set within a football club? Yes, the GPs can point in the right direction, which is which is a great tool. But sometimes coaches aren't equipped to to deal with situations no. like this. So you may need. Is that the next step with department spend where it's looked at and stuff like that? Do we need an increase in that to allow people within all football clubs at various levels to uh, to help with young men and women uh, playing our game that uh, that may suffer? Yeah, you're right, and exactly right, Jono. I think we, um, not just coaches, but all of us, we we make the error sometimes is that we think we can give advice That's right. when we're not we're not properly educated on yeah. on those sort of things. And mm. in these situations, it's better just as a coach, as a friend, um, to say uh, you need to go have this discussion and. Uh, that's the best thing we can do as a, as, as a good mate is offer that sort of support. Back in the day, yeah. Got kicked in the butt a few times for feeling a bit down on yourself, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, we wish young Alex all the best. And his team's taking on Fremantle. How are you planning for them this weekend? Just roll out the game yeah, plan, we Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you have to acknowledge that what we saw last week against the Crows was a one-off. They got beaten by 100 points. Yep. Um, that and it was in blizzard f- conditions. As that's well. right, yeah. yeah, which makes <laughs> it even more unique. But... Uh, looked at them pretty closely already. We play them on Sunday um, across in Perth, but um, they've won six of their previous seven games leading into this. So that's a side that's in form. You know, Ross has really turned their fortunes around. I love some of their kids, you know, and I think the 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 Brad Hill uh, trade to get in there has been instrumental. He's been mm. giving them excellent speed outside the contest, which is an issue. Placed a lot of stock in him, haven't they? Yeah. They have, but he's been playing really well. And if you, I mean, as I said, I've lo- looked at a lot of Fremantle this last couple of days, and his outside run has been has been critical. Brody Grundy's back playing great football for yourself. He will come up against a likely inclusion in Sandlands if that that comes up. Do you just let Brody go head to head with him early because he is, is in great, especially when the ball hits the ground. Brody's away, actually having a fair impact. Well, Brody Granny's had a great season, hasn't and, he? And he's he'd be in the discussion around all Australian ruckman at the mm. moment. But we know Sandlins is so unique. He's not just tall; he's the tallest player in the competition. But um, he has got that strength too, and you can you can jump into it. But now without the third man up rule, you can't you can't have those tactics about... And the bounce, I, I reckon Sandy's the one going, nah, throw it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he, he knows is. where it's going, yeah. but bounces a little bit away. He can't get that 125 kilos over yeah. there to it. So he wants to well, throw the size it up. 20 slipper. Yeah. 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 Some of those big-bodied mids in there too, you know, with, with, with Mundy and Fife, they're, they're the, uh, you know, 192, 193 centimetre midfielders too, yeah. so you've got the tallest ruckman hitting to a couple of the tallest midfielders, so... We'll have to be at our best uh, around the concert. And you're right, John, with Sandlands. He's he he a unique proposition to try and prepare for. So uh, the forward line uh, is starting to function really well. Last year, it was always, is Billy going to come back? Billy, uh, Jamie Elliott, is he going to be there? Now he's back. He's playing that traditional full forward role, which is releasing Darcy more a little bit. And you can see 
Darcy just throwing himself at everything. But the way he's controlling the forward line, we showed some vision a couple of weeks ago, he's isolating himself. It's great to have some leadership down there, but the way he's playing that traditional full forward role is pretty good. Yeah, and Darcy Moore, we've got to keep reminding ourselves, this, this young man's 21 years of age, you know, and um, he's got a, such a bright future. Mm. But to be, I guess, the kingpin there in that forward mix at the moment, he's the only player at the moment above six foot in our forward line. Mm. We've gone with a smaller, more dynamic sort of look the last couple of weeks, which has worked for us at times with Elliot and Fasolo. Uh, young Jordan Dugowie has been playing some good, some good footy there. And we've been rotating a few more mids through that sort of higher half forward roles. But I think that's the way the industry's going, you know, with... With, um, with a lot more... So the Bulldogs did last week as, as well. Can I ask you then, uh, and see, there's been... Oh, there's always noise in the media. Uh, and we've talked, and I've said as well, and I think Dicko's said it in the past as well, educator, you, you, you have a senior citizen. There's no real senior citizen in the Collingwood forward line to say to young Moore, that's not quite right. Start over here, mm. move that way, do this, start back, play behind, play in front. Just instructing me... Have you missed a little bit of a, an, an educator down there? Well, I think, I think, and um, Dick, I mentioned it before, Jamie Elliott has been somewhat of a missing link, I think, for our forward line. He didn't come into the side until, I think, round three. Yeah, uh, missed or, a couple or of maybe round four, mm. and then only had a 60% game time in that, in that week. But his kick bags of uh, three, I think, three weeks Three threes and, and a four. And then a four last yeah, four And weeks. got himself started with one on the line. Did you mind that? Yeah, we took that one there. Or did you want him to block? No, no, we, we went through that in his <laughs> review. There's been a couple of times he said he's made the error where um, he hasn't taken the mark and his opponent's just got a fingernail in. And, and that I'm glad he marked it. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Another yeah. player who's going well for you as well, Sando, is Daniel Wells. I think he's I think he's settled in well, and I think he's been in the last couple of weeks a really good link for that 45 kick uh, back inside the corridor because um, you look at the way Trelaw plays a bit and Pendle, I mean, we watch the Stars all the time and, and try and monitor the way that they play their footy. They like corridor run, save their legs a little bit at times. And I think this kick back into the middle to Daniel Wells is an important one. One, it may help those guys get really dangerous ball. You're driving it inside 50, but whenever Wells gets it, it stays in your hands, so that's a real positive. Yeah, he's, he's all class without question, and we didn't get much of a pre-season out of Wells. He had some injury setbacks during the summer, but now that he's got a bit of match fitness and he's up and going, uh, we've seen how important he's going to be for our side going forward. You're right, Jono, he, he's a great decision-maker. Um, he rarely wastes a possession, and he's, he's going to become, I think, a really important cog. To add to, you know, Trelaw, Pendlebury, Adams, side bottom, right. you throw Wellesie in there, you know, pinch hit through him through the midfield and wings and... Can even play him at half back at times as well to give you a bit of run and punch. So I think it's going to be uh, a, a really important. You can understand uh, the excitement in oh, Sandoz when you start reeling off some of those names. But it's amazing, well isn't it, with Wells? Like you say, he hasn't done a preseason. He's made that many deposits over the years, over his 12 years. <laughs> he's starting to. The withdrawals are coming now. That's right. He, he wouldn't blow a candle out the way he was moving last week. So the conditions there, but you're 100% right with the moving line. So that added 45 and opening the game up has really released what we just spoke about with the forward line. Yeah, and it's, it's important that you understand. So you can only attack as well as what the opposition defends you at times as well, you know, and um, we've, we've played some sides this year that have, that have defended us really well. Uh, we've just got to keep... And you look at the industry too now. There's a lot more... It seems like there's a lot more uh, risk taken now in offence. Um, uh, the defensive numbers haven't changed much over the last The attacking uh, defender is almost king these days. That's right. Yeah. And you see a lot of those uh, successful top four sort of top six sides at the moment have got a lot of run and punch out of their defence. I want to ask you about one of those attacking defenders. You've got some boys in there that 
have only been in for the last 40 games or so, yeah. and I, I've circled one main out. I think Had he's a see, bit yeah. more of a weapon than people realise. Hoskin Elliott's come down from mm. back down from GWS, and he's a, an offensive running weapon. And, of course, Phillips is finding the form that he showed from his first game last year. So you've got three young blokes there predominantly playing midfield back half that are all attacking uh, defenders slash midfielders. Yeah, and I think what's come on with those three players is they're really hard-working, hard-running um, uh, type of sort of half-back wings, mid mid midfielders, and they certainly straighten us up. And it's good to see those young men in form, and they're not household names yet, mm. but I think Collingwood fans will be starting to really sort I of see... I like Maynard as a player. Mm. He's tough too, Dan. Yeah. He's, um, he, he plays with a lot of courage. Uh, he runs straight left lines. Foot. And he's a left footer, yeah. yeah. He, Actually hits the scoreboard too. He's, we he's might poach him players. at Hawthorne. Yeah, there yeah, were a chance. So, so, so the couple of thousand Collingwood supporters that go, majority will be watching on, on Fox Footy, of course. Do they look forward to that sort of matchups with, say, a Hill on one wing for, for Fremantle, then you've got a filler, young Phillips who might go to him at times, or or Hoskin Elliott who, who's got Wilbur. more experience, Just Wilbur, Wilbur yep. to, to yep. play that sort of role and try and own the wings there at, uh, at Domain? Yeah, and it, it presents a unique opportunity for us because um, you don't get to play at Subiaco very often mm. and we know that ground's longer but more narrow. So how do we have to adjust our attacking strategy and does it help our, our, our defence structures too? So, mm. I mean, they're... they're what we'll go through tomorrow with the players. We'll, we'll prepare them as best we can and um, uh, we have to be ready for some of their exciting young players too. You know, I really like Lockie Weller across half-back and, yep. you know, Blakely's been playing some mm. important roles for him. Walter's more midfield time. Uh, so, yeah, this, this, is a, this is a really good, so much improved Fremantle side if you forget about what happened to him. Yeah, so it's a much more than just worrying about yourself now with, with Fremantle. You mentioned the stars of Fremantle. But the outside start, the younger type players are starting mm. to have an impact. Yeah, and we're starting to see, you know, a lot more of those younger players get opportunities. You know, I really like Darcy Tucker, Hughes, Gray. You know, there you go. Harley mm. Ballack. There's the best yeah. 10 yeah. that can go through, through the midfield. Yeah. That's right. It's good rotation. Yeah. And I don't know the difference between any of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the they same all player that, to me. <laughs> hey, let's move on to the next game now. North Melbourne take on Richmond. You and I were watching. We were in Alice Springs and we saw this the, the Tigers play last week. And at, there was a stage when Greg Chappell was out of form. And when it comes to striking the, the ball, Jack Revolt is as good a striker of the footy as anyone we've seen, but he kicked it horribly on the weekend. He did, and we're sitting there, and it wasn't just one kick, it was three. And they were in front and pretty direct. And you can see, this is from round one, this shot. Look where his foot finishes. So up near his sort of shoulder height. Mm. His, previous two, his previous two didn't go past his hip height. So mm. it was almost like... I don't know whether he's changed it by design. I'll be intrigued to see how he goes this week. But three shots. Sometimes you get an action wrong and it affects. Well, it was but like... This is the, that's the good one. See that That's the good toe? one. Yeah, yep. see, it's almost at shoulder yep. height. If we can go back to the first two, I'm putting pressure on uh, the control room <laughs> down there. <laughs> that's but a no. When <laughs> yeah, you'll know. But you'll yeah. see very similar to a golf swing. Very similar to a golf says. swing. Yeah, watch this. Watch where his foot finishes. See, it's sort of hip height. And he's sort see, of stabbing at it with a bent leg. Mm. The thing I noticed of him too, and uh, stand up. You get me? <laughs> he he chased the ball. So we, you come in and you go to kick and you run, you move the ball around, and then when you drop, you bring it down over the right leg. He dropped and pushed and dropped it pretty well straight down here. So he chased it to the inside with his foot, came that way, and to compensate that that one you just showed then, he's turned his foot a little bit 
because he makes these folks are so good. They make micro adjustments mm. like that, and he chased it with the instep of his foot. Consequently, he's hitting it bang that way. Have a ball. Well, that's right. That's <laughs> where you know where we all love uh, that forecraft. You, you're doing the forward line and that that goal t goal kicking and the technique technique around it. And my aspect of it is, is the plant foot. And that's where I've been sort of doing a little bit of work recently. Because you look even sometimes at jacks, the plant foot's a little bit off. So I'm using my hands here as a, as a bit of a guide. But if your plant foot's a, a little bit off, there's only one way your hips can go. And that's going to follow your plant foot. Plant foot straight, you'll come through straight. Even if you need to adjust hips it a little bit. Hips your foot. Yeah. yeah. So if your foot's adjusted either way, your hips are going to follow that plant foot. So that becomes just as significant for your first strike because as you're going into your kick, that hits first. Then all the other parts that you're talking about come into play, mm. uh, come into play with it. So that's why it's so much work needs to be done on these guys. And, and Jack Rewalt said the other week, I spent did 400 kicks this week and he came out and kicked brilliantly yeah, he did. That, that weekend. So when they've got the time, we know they're putting the work in, but it's just not consistent enough, I, I think, throughout the season because of loads and days breaks and all these yep. things. So I'm intrigued to know if that's by design. So he definitely finished uh, shallow on his kick, I thought, to his hip side. So if he can get that up a little bit more, if Jack's watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just watching it, we didn't have any sound because we were a fair away from the yeah. telly, but it was just kind of good. It was quite good, yeah. yeah. We couldn't hear what the commentators were saying, but... Yeah, Brian um, was saying, start it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the result. Yeah. But, yeah. And I'll put my invoice in when you come and knock on the door. Hey, One, go one thing I would ask you three, who are all champion goal kickers, though, did you feel anxiety before before you having a set shot? Because it's amazing now the players, as we talked before about the feedback, but they actually don't want to take the shot. Right. They don't want to take the shot. It's 100% right. Mm. And Which the best part, early in my career, I got really nervous. And I always said to myself, I've got to clear my head at the top of the runway somehow. So yep. I used, used to turn to the midfielders and say... Get back to the middle, don't worry about a zone. <laughs> so automatically my energy was, right, it's positive. And that's sort of exactly what you're talking you just about. Build, I just, you just built confidence. And you built confidence that I'd, I'd minimise the disaster. Early on I was disaster going, you do the work. And I mm. did a, a big program with Rob Kerr, it was, who now is at Essendon. He came through and did some stuff at the Dogs with us and, and Brian Taylor. And minimise the disaster. So if I just yep. missed... I knew that, nah, well, it's not too bad. You yeah. know what I mean? You're OK. Next one, you had full confidence to, to go back and kick it. Yeah. For the answer to that, I reckon every goal I saw go over my head or stood side onto a teammate while I was kicking, I looked at it and went, I wish that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you're interesting, just, isn't it? It's a pure wonderful. forward, though. That's, uh, yeah. that's the creativity and that's... Yeah. The, the, if you look at world sport, golf... Um, mm. You know, the free throw in basketball. Take the shot. Take yeah. the shot. Take yeah. the shot. And in the arcs, but like in the 44, in the go zone, the heart rate climbs. Yep. When they're outside and not expected <laughs> yeah. to kick, so, just drops you, a little. How do you change that mindset that these days? Back to you as, as, as a coach. Yeah, we're going to answer this one quickly. Otherwise, yeah. there's going to be a whole okay. show about right. goal kicking. Well, one, of the, one, of, one of the challenges now is replicating match anxiety at training, which is very difficult to do. So that's mm. that's one of the challenges for us. We set up a lot of competitions. We, we try and fatigue players before they have set shots. Well, the cloggies put the headphones yeah, on as back well. In the day, yeah. Didn't yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of goal kicking, Wait and Brown, yep. uh, big weapons for North Melbourne as well. And when they're playing, these two boys, so there you go, you see it on there, 28 wins, 9 losses, 76% win rate as opposed to when not both... But when one of those two misses and breaks up the duo, um, three wins, 17 losses, 15%. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a startling statistic, that one. Well, when they play together, we mentioned it last, they complement each other so mm. well. Like, I think he's more a lateral leader weight, and we know Big Ben Brown, but um, we'll ask you, Sam, the pressure that they apply 
take their footy skills from a forward perspective out of it, their pressure that those two apply as big boys is pretty pretty intense. I was really surprised when I looked at the numbers because, I mean, Brown's kicked, I think, 27 goals or something ridiculous this mm-hmm. year, but it's, it's also Brown and Waite play as small when the ball hits the ground. They're actually just as dynamic and dangerous yeah. when the ball hits the ground as well, whereas a lot of key forwards um, are one effort in the air and you don't see them when the ball hits the ground, but... Uh, it's a little bit like the model of West Coast, you know, with uh, with Darling and Kennedy, who are great at great uh, great at applying defensive pressure as well. We're seeing that with these two. When Wait and Brown um, are in the forward line, uh, it's very hard to get it out of there. Hello, Robert. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hello Robbo. <laughs> How you going, mate? I'm good. He's just. What about Matty Cruiser then? Um, I love uh, Cruiser's game, and the thing it, it spoke how good Cruiser was. Uh, but it also spoke about North Melbourne's midfield. Fantastic in-tight players. But what I noticed in this, if we look at the lab work now, is that once Cruiser was able to get the ball to the outside of those seven other opposition players, he beat every North Melbourne player to the outside of the square. There's four opposition players in there. Three of them are uh, underneath on ballers. And he's able to beat them out. Same again, watch this. And then we have a look at the North Melbourne players. He leaves him in his wake. Well, Zeeble did the right thing there in some ways, came away around a sweep, but then had to go up to Graham for the smother. And then once that wasn't affected, off to the races for uh, for the Carlton boys. So North need to have a, a good look at that because Cochin will get out of there, Martin will get out of there, yeah. Prestia. These guys get out with, it's a big uh, with kick some for sort Cruiser of speed. too. I mightn't just say it's all, it, it, it doesn't all fall just on North Melbourne. Cruiser's mm. in really good form. It would be a, an area of concern though for North Melbourne because they are scoring from stoppage. They're ranked three in the competition. But they're 17th at scores against from stoppage, so it's a little bit of Russian roulette. Yeah. How did you enjoy the first segment? It's good fun, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to a break. (laughs) Pumpdale Fox Footy just got a little better. Kicked the last four points of. uh, That was the day Jesse White got excited, ran on the ground, (laughs) and 19 19 players on the ground. So you couldn't even win it yet, 19 on the ground. (laughs) And Eric, you're a great coach. (laughs) (laughs) For the next five weeks, Derm and Ruzi come to you a day early. I couldn't help but smile then. Ruzi said, but don't know whether you tag a defender. (laughs) Didn't Mark Neal tag you as a center back and held you to what? Nothing? Zero? One? I had four that day, but I I think I kept him to seven. (laughs) (laughs) I was a defender. League teams with Dirt and Rusey on Wednesdays in the boss's office. Fox Footy. And don't we hope Rusey's having a wonderful <laughs> break up there. Probably studying the Neaffle. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, up he's watching up some Neaffle games. <laughs> and that'll uh, take in the GWS uh, seconds team if he does that. But they take on Essendon this weekend. And we see Scully Johnson and Lobb are all listed as tested and look to be reasonable. Heard Leon Cameron on the radio on the way in tonight saying Stevie J's probably highly unlikely and oh, may yeah? miss another one okay. after that. So you could probably oh, really? put a, put a uh, texter through him for... One to two more. Is that to do with the fact that he was no, holding the crowning yeah, at the yeah, celebration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he was, yeah, he, was uh, he was in pretty good form, but that's okay, as they should be celebrating that. Yeah. No, just with the knee, of course. The GWS team, the one thing we still can't get away from is they still don't have a pressure forward. Have and we brought this up every week? I know, but the, the Eagles weren't able to exploit yeah. that either. So that's one thing they need, need to do. Their makeup 
I mean, the Giants have got that many out and they keep winning. Mm. They have three tools, then yep. they, through injury, then they end up with two tools. What, as an opposition coach, would you fear more? Well, they're, they're one of the, I guess, the rare teams now that structure up with three genuine tall forwards. So you see with Cameron, Patton and Lobb. So at times, we mentioned it before about Waite and Brown, their ability as tools to be able to lock the ball in and, and provide defensive pressure. But this has been a unique year for, for GWS because it's always been a strength of theirs, the ability to be able to pressure every rebound. But for whatever reason, they ranked a lot lower this year. Um, but once again, I've heard Leon Cameron um, say he, he's a three-tall forward man. He likes... That is his structure. Said that consistently. Mm. Hasn't With Toby it? Green, you know, there is that damaging sort of small as well. Um, uh, Devin Smith. So it looks like it's a structure that is going to be sustainable for him, and that's the way that that his philosophy is. Um, but there's sides that play with two small tools, uh, with, with, with two tools, and obviously we talked before about Collingwood. We've had success the last couple of weeks. Sure, that's one. around the contested game in finals, and is that where his eyesight would be with the three tools, knowing that it you're going to be going long all the time? It allows Toby Pepper. Green and Devin Smith to have a have a, have a point to go to regularly in finals? See, I would say that Toby Green happens to be 183 centimetres and you think of him as a small forward. He takes overhead money. Yes. Of course he does. Yeah. He, he plays like... I'm not going to put a height on it, but he plays like a medium-sized, tall, yeah. aerial... He's a, he's a dangerous matchup. He, he, he needs a, a marking defender on him. And if you've got Lob, Patton and Cameron up there, not you, many sides structure You've exhausted three of you. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. that's right. Can I ask you quickly, Sandy? Collingwood's had some really good um, form against GWS. What area? Like, when you trawl through and you do your opposition, because your last two encounters, Collingwood knocked... GWS off big time last year and got pretty close. What is it, the one thing? How do you stop them? What's the one area you really got to well, focus on? Without knowing it exactly, because it would be a bit of uh, subjective analysis of it, but the numbers that consistently stack up for Collingwood v GWS has been the contested ball differential, which it sounds a bit bland. It's what you hear most coaches talk about when they talk about finals, John Owen, yep. success in finals. But um, it's, it's been the ability to match them in the contest, I think. And that's difficult to do because we've, we've talked about their talent. Yeah. And, if they get the ball outside, Scully, Kelly, those runners yes. off halfback, Williams, Wilson. Um, but if you can match them inside and get the ball territory, um, it goes a long way to having success. So I want, to, I want to pose the question then. We'll come back to that one. But pose the question then. If you're coaching against the Giants, they've got 12 out at the moment, right? If you're coaching against them and say, right, we're going to nullify one of them, stop one of them, which you, you're essentially saying he's their most important to their winning, who would just... Who would you stamp out? I've, Toby Green is is my one. Yeah, without question, he he's got the elite ability to get up with the endurance. He gets back. He's everywhere. He's busy. He marks. He crumbs. He's the one for me that uh, you got to stop. Yeah, I, I like Kelly. I, he took it to. He's taken his game to another level this year. And we played him about a month ago. They got us by three points, and he was the standout. His ability to break the lines. He's got speed. Classy. Great decision maker. Yeah. Yeah. Staggering that they're almost flag favourites and nearly had to put the property steward in the pocket last week. <laughs> yeah. But who's, Dylan Shield. Dylan Shield. I'll, I'll show you some vision why. And this was unbelievable. I'm watching this on my couch at home and I thought, look at the contest here. You'll see him in the screen just there. So he's 40 metres out. The ball goes out to the wing. Any good midfielder will just cruise up the middle. But watch what GWS do when they come inside. So no West Coast players push any through the corridor. But look at the speed and power that he's provided from 40, and he finishes 40 metres inside his 50. 
and kicks the goal. That enormous running, and he did that time and time again. So he was going from arc to arc at full tilt. So I'd hate to see what his nine metres per second um, was from his GPS point of view, but he's the most valuable player in that team for mine. So for me, it, it's... Dylan Shield again, but because you said him, I'll go somewhere. I'll say <laughs> Jeremy Cameron, but because uh, I think Shield, the only person who runs as hard as him, and I mean going north south, straight goal to goal, is Dangerfield. He doesn't get it quite as much as Dangerfield, but when in motion, he runs mm. as powerful as Dangerfield, mm. maybe even a little quicker. And he's so penny. He's a better kick than Dangerfield on the on the runner as well. So we're talking about a team who was scraping through with all those narrow wins. They're second on the ladder. They've got 12 automatic selections <laughs> out. And we've come up with four different who their most important yeah. player is. That's right. And that's why the challenge is there for Essendon, isn't it? To, you know, where, where do they go? Do they back themselves in to, to use their own spread and energy and everything that we've seen over the, uh, over the last month from this side? Or do they try and lock down on a couple? That's where the question mark becomes so difficult mm. when playing such a... A powerful young unit uh, in, in GWS. They showed great signs two weeks ago. They got nutted by the, the Tigers last weekend, but great signs two weeks ago at um, Etihad Stadium. So they're not without their chances, but the Giants are so good. Talk about the giant of this world, <laughs> Nathan Brown, and he, he could have talked to us about goal kicking as well because relatively selfish in his day. <laughs> Did, didn't like to give too many away. Well, gave a few off every now and again. When you're yeah. getting tackled. Yes. Yes. Three <laughs> hanging off you. But the, the, Very good. The obvious one was Richard. I mean, I can't handball to him. He misses just nope. as many as anybody. So, uh, look, this weekend, uh, we've had our special on round 10, which was 24 and up. So, when your side gets 24 points up, we pay it out. How'd so, went very, very well. So, the one game where uh, we got really cleaned out was Gold Coast. So, they got 24 points up, Gold Coast on Melbourne. <laughs> so, we pay out all the Gold Coast punters. Then Melbourne come back and obviously win that game. But we pay the Melbourne punters out as well. So, I think eight minutes into the last quarter, We'd paid out both sets of punters. Obviously, a, a big clean out for sports, but obviously, but the punter's very, very happy. So do then, people walk around the around the uh, the office just shaking their head? Why, why did well, we do no that? There's no one there on the weekend. Oh right, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, they do, they do. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but you got to give the punters something. You have got to be fair. So the punters. Now uh, Port Adelaide and Hawthorne, big, big money on Port Adelaide. You think after Hawthorne last week, but they opened at five dollars. The Hawks. But small ground last week, they play well. Get out 